Hey everyone, welcome to Hit the Apex Podcast, I'm Jawad as always, and thank you for joining me this week, new week, but I guess I'm still on a bit of a post-podcast high from last week, um, just had great fun with the guys from Regen E-Racing Podcast, Dino and Chris, um, <laughs> special shout out I guess to you guys again for coming on and uh, giving us a good show and everything, so if you haven't heard that one yet, um, or if you're new to the podcast, yeah, go back and listen to the Ringers and Mash, Mash Up, yeah, I guess yeah, it was, you know, funny title in my mind at the time, but yeah, it was good fun, that one, and I was supposed to go on to Sportaholic Podcast as well over the weekend uh, with my good mate Joshua Kerr, unfortunately that didn't um, happen as it was supposed to some technical gremlins for him um, on the other side of the world, but I was able to send in some voice messages to answer some of the questions that he had for me about the Supercars Championship, so go check that out as well, Sportaholic Podcast, that's Joshua Kerr's, I'll probably put a link in the description for it and you can hear me talking about supercars for for young josh so that was that was how that ended up um but yeah you know big big weekend for podcasts last weekend uh you know we had some racing on as well finally live racing i was able to watch the indycar genesis 300 there at the texas motor speedway i'll be talking about that supercars with their schedule for the upcoming Sydney Motorsport Park round and um, some MotoGP later on as well. So first and foremost, hope everyone's safe and um, keeping keeping healthy, um, keeping positive and all that. I know times are tough at the moment and I was going to talk a little bit about that later on as well. But let's crack into it. Let's talk supercars. Um, yeah, and you know, it's good that someone like Josh who's new to supercars is, is getting very involved with it you know asking a lot of questions and um I'm, i hope that i am giving some good information for him to to watch uh when we get to city motorsport park in a couple of weeks time yeah it is end of june it's going to be on 25th i believe so only only two weeks away so we got the formats though i was kind of wrong with um what I said, uh, or what the message I sent over to him, but he did correct me on it, because I did record them before the announcement, and there's going to be three 130km sprint races, uh, all three of the races will be 33 laps, there'll be one compulsory pit stop, that was the thing that I was wrong about, I thought they might not do pit stops, um, due to social distancing, and how many people that they can have, um, per team in the garage, etc, but they will, uh, allow one compulsory pit stop per race just for tyres so all the cars will be fueled from the start so they can't add extra fuel so only one tyre stop there'll be six team members per car in pit lane to to service so instead of the eight that we usually have in a normal situation and instead of four rattle guns for the tyre stops there'll be two rattle guns so basically they've put in a plan you know they've announced a plan they're firm about it you know to to minimize the staff that are there on site and also to keep up the social distancing measures as well so that's good to see from that way and hopefully that'll mean some exciting races that we will have a bit of strategy come into it even if it is one pit stop um bit of a shake up in qualifying as well so there'll be a top 
15 shootout on Saturday instead of the traditional top 10 shootout that we have at so many of the supercar events. There'll be um, the drivers previously, you know, if they don't make the top 15, they'll be eliminated, of course, in those sessions. There'll be a 20-minute rookie-only practice session on the Saturday, followed by two normal free practice sessions and then straight into qualifying so and then yeah um, individual qualifying sessions on the Sunday for the two races that we'll have on Sunday also we've got you know the broadcast team trimmed down to have minimal staff as well on site so you know your chief commentators and stuff like that will be there you know Neil Crompton, Mark Scaife, there'll be Mark Larkham in the pit lane as well but that's it no no Greg Murphy, no Rihanna Crean um, with Murph unfortunately he's in New Zealand so I guess him coming over the ditch a bit difficult um, so that's even the broadcast and I imagine media as well will be pretty limited to how many um, journalists and reporters would be able to come on site too. Some interesting stuff though with restrictions on live data to the team, so no data logging till post-race, um, things like three sets of tyres for the weekend from Dunlop and then they've got to hand them back afterwards. Um, and that's all part of the cost-cutting that they're looking at, you know, and to minimise uh, costs in the future but also perhaps make the racing a bit more exciting the fact that you know teams don't have access to all the data that they do presently you know it's going to cause drivers to or force drivers to be a bit more old school with the way that they go around their weekend you know not relying so much on data to or data data <laughs> data um data to be able to what do you call it now I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, data to focus on their setups and everything. You know, it's all about feeling and how they feel um, in the individual. So that'll be really important. And I think we might see a bit of a mix up there. But you know what? I think at the end of the day, like the, the fast guys are going to be fast. The quick teams are going to be quick. And then we might get an odd surprise depending on, you know, strategy and who whose car will suit the which track the better um so that's that part uh fans i guess still you're obviously not going to get fans um and even though in sydney or in new south wales they have opened up corporate boxes to supporters at the nrl and i think with the afl as well this weekend um basically using the same rules as as restaurants are where you know everyone's got to be spaced out um in the suite or the the corporate box and um there has to be a licensed food venue and everything so that's why they're only allowing them in so the same rules as a restaurant i reckon and i've said this all along that we might see fans in darwin i think darwin will be the venue where they should maybe open it up to a few fans and that's because northern territory has lifted pretty much all of their restrictions apart from opening up their borders so i reckon just locals will be able to come along to the event obviously you know if they have to do the social distancing you know 1.5 meters apart and everything but i think it'd be really good a uh, good reward for those people up in the northern territory who have really done well to to make sure that they have you know zero cases zero active cases and they've had that for quite a while now you know a couple of weeks i think at least uh, and yeah you know when when the bars and the pubs open you know that things are all right <laughs> so good on them i reckon yeah that will be when 
we should see some fans back track side, but it will be locals. Uh, Winton, they were talking about opening up the campgrounds potentially, but that was blocked um, by the government, Victorian government. So they came out with a statement, did Winter Motor Raceway, um, and say that that wasn't going to happen. Though I reckon in the future, if you know you can't have mass gatherings still, and you know people standing shoulder to shoulder in the um, on the hills or on the grandstands. Park and View would be an option for some of those permanent racetracks. So, you know, places like Sandown, obviously, Sydney Motorsport Park, potentially we might be going back there because uh, supercars have got contractual obligations that they've got to meet by December 31st, which means that their plan to run two races into 2021 might not even happen. So, you know, no trip to New Zealand, no second Bathurst sprint round which you know really got my head around and was excited to to have but that might not happen so they might do a, a night race at Sydney Motorsport Park instead but yeah you know some of those permanent facilities that are on the calendar they'd be suitable for park and view and that's why I think you know it's a shame that we can't have Phillip Island on the calendar this year where I actually um swung past there or was down there on on monday uh first time in ages i've been to phillip island and just needed a little little day trip and uh drove past the circuit and you know from the main road you can see some of the corners already it's you know it's such an open circuit you can park up and um i'm sure there'd be good viewing options there so you know obviously space out all the cars and make sure you know even just watch from your car don't even get out of the car so like you know drive in cinema basically but with live motorsports so that could be an option i'm sure they'll be thinking about for future races if we want to get limited or select amount of crowds back in and then yeah obviously distancing and spread out and everything would be great too so yeah you know that's that's pretty much it you know as far as a proper preview is concerned i don't think i'll have that for you until we get to the race weekend so you know the thursday or friday before the um resumption of the championship i think we'll do a proper preview um what's a shortened or it's not really a shortened season but an, an altered see an altered season what's the impact of an altered season going to have on the championship with the formats and everything i think you know there could be an impact um depending on how teams have prepared i mean we've seen already you know in indycar i'll talk about it in a bit that you know the layoff has been a bit difficult um coming back and especially for rookies as well you know it's you get back straight into the thick of it and it's a bit difficult you know you got you know zane goddard um brody not Brody Kostecki, um, fuck, <laughs> can't remember, Jake Kostecki, that's it, sorry, <laughs> um, Zane Goddard, Jake Kostecki sharing that, um, Matt Stone racing car this year, and Bryce Fullwood, um, as well, even though they did get to race at Adelaide, you know, it's been so long since February, since we had that race in Adelaide, so what's the impact going to be for them when they come back and even the experienced drivers you know they've never had this sort of layoff before um and how's that gonna how's that gonna impact them hopefully they do get to do a bit of testing before they get back i'm not too sure about where they're at with that or if they're allowed to 
run some private tests or something but it would be pretty cool you know just to be able to ease back into it and we see we are seeing that in f1 at the moment um, mercedes hitting the track at silverstone with both lewis hamilton and valtteri bottas racing point it's going to do the same thing as well get their drivers back up to speed so yeah just nice to kind of ease into it and everything so and as i was saying before about cost cutting you know the discussion i guess happening everywhere in motorsport at the moment given the current circumstances and pretty sad you know to hear that um gte uh which is part of the imsa and world endurance championships potentially could be on the you know on the decline and you know on the way out as well so you know with porsche announcing that they weren't going to continue their operation in north america in the imsa championship and even at le mans they're only going to have two cars this year so could be a championship uh, or uh, could be a category that is on the way down which would be really sad too so yeah and important for supercars as well with things like you know having the restriction on live data and you know all the other stuff that they're talking about could be crucial to securing their long-term future and you know without it i guess we have no supercars and we really like supercars no matter what they are and um what you know what uh, <laughs> what they are and how they run so with the indycar championship they just basically had a mega one day event at texas motor speedway covid safety you know biosecurity all that that was all over the place you know you saw there was social distancing in the interviews with the broadcasters you know the drivers wearing masks as well and standing you know 1.5 meters away from the reporters when they were doing their interviews and everything um teams as well wearing masks and, and gloves and all that sort of stuff so you know I guess they wouldn't have gone back to racing if they didn't have all these measures in place and quickly before I continue the masks face masks how is that not a opportunity for branding or merchandise i know i don't know if anyone's already mentioned this on social media or put it out there but how cool would it be if we had some branded masks because face it you know we're all gonna have to wear them or people are gonna have to wear them you know for the foreseeable future why can't we be a bit style why can't we be a bit stylish about them so you know whether it's you know driver helmet designs or team colors and stuff like that i know team penske they had their logo um a simple logo or simple version of their logo on the masks for their drivers but you know get them kitted out because you know we're seeing bands doing them you know high-end fashion labels as well uh there was a cool design I remember seeing with the Predator face. You know, if you know the movie uh, Predator, <laughs> that was pretty cool, I've got to admit. So it's totally a marketing and merchandising opportunity there. Lewis Hamilton as well, you know, obviously working closely with Tommy Hilfiger. He's got his own line, you know, it's some Lewis branded um, exclusive face masks. I think that'd be quite stylish. So, you know, why can't we be a bit stylish about this so that there's something out there like you know have papaya orange mclaren face mask or whatever or you know something like uh or even print you know driver faces on face masks sorry just had a mind lapse there um driver faces on face masks so the opportunities there are limitless so get on it guys if anyone's listening who can come up with it anyway the racing so scott dixon 
opening his account in 2020 with a dominant victory from the pole sitter Joseph Newgarden. So Penske, they were quick in qualifying, but unfortunately there was uh, bad vibrations with the tyres during the race, first forcing early stops for both Joseph Newgarden and Simon Pagenaud, last year's Indy 500 winner, and of course the reigning champion in Newgarden. So those guys struggling um, during the race, but they were quick in qualifying. Note as well that this was the first proper race that we've had or race on an oval at this stage that we've had with the new aero screens. And I know that they're a bit harder on the eye than the Halo in F1, but they're important. You know, we know their importance and how, especially in IndyCar where on ovals, you know, it's so dangerous and we've seen so many big accidents over the years and also accidents that have claimed uh, people's lives as well, you know. Dan Weldon, of course, still very uh, vivid for many who who watched IndyCar. Um, Robert Wickens as well, you know, who luckily he survived that crash, but, you know, he's, his rehab is ongoing. It's been a long road to recovery for Robert, so we don't want to see massive accidents like that where, you know, drivers get seriously injured or, you know, um, risk losing their lives, so... I guess for that purpose, the aero screen is there to stay and is very important as we've learned with the Halo in Formula 1. So later on in the race, we had a challenger to Dixon. I guess he didn't run away with it completely. His teammate at Chip Ganassi Racing in Felix Rosenquist in his second year, of course, in IndyCar. He was quick last year, but just made a lot of mistakes. And unfortunately, that happened again in this race. You know, he was closing in on his teammate. He could have even made a, a run for the win. But with 10 laps to go, he found a bit of traffic in the form of James Hinchcliffe. Um, kind of lost control of the car. Didn't make contact, but just the Swede lost control and ended up out of the race. So that was a bit... Um, bit bit of a disappointment and you can see on his team boss uh, you know Chip Ganassi's face as well that he doesn't or he wasn't very pleased with seeing that happen again this year as you know there was occasions where it happened last year um Charlie Kimball as well crashed out in the final lap he was running inside the top five so disappointing for him but it meant you know guys like Zach Veach went on to get a career best P4 Connor Daly on his return as well to IndyCar to P6 from 13th on the grid and then yeah McLaren who obviously partnering up with um, Schmidt-Peterson Arrow this year uh, first of their runners Oliver Askew rookie in P9 so points on debut for the McLaren team um, and then you had some big names the, the likes of Will Power who finished down in 13th Alexander Rossi you know hitting trouble from the start you know and Takuma Sato not even racing because he crashed out in qualifying and they couldn't repair his car ready for for the race so what impact's that going to have on the championship too? Because you know that names like Will Power, Alexander Rossi, they're always up there. They're always fighting for the championship. So to have such an early blow um, in the season is not going to be good, given that I'm sure the season will be evolving um, as we move on. Then you had your rookies. Now, I said before when we were talking about supercars that rookies, you know, they might find it a bit tough this year, obviously, you know, not having had much or having such a big break in between, you know, when they did their preseason testing at the start of the year or end of last year, and when they started their first race, and you know, of course, Jack Harvey finding trouble 
but he did finish the race. He was in P16, and then your other rookies, Rhinus VK and Alex Palou, uh, coming together during the race, and um, both of them were out, unfortunately. So is that something that we're going to see affecting drivers in F1, you know, the rustiness and everything, or will, you know, the cream rise to the top and the guys who are, you know, the the best drivers, you know, who win all the time, your Hamiltons, your Vettels, your Bottasses, um, Leclerc's, Verstappen's, are they just going to hit the ground running and be strong straight away? So that's going to be something that will be interesting. Obviously, you're going to be talking more F1, previewing it or previewing the upcoming races when we get closer still got you know under a month to go a few weeks so plenty of time to to get ready and um, just take in the fact that we're, we're getting back there you know it's been good to see IndyCar there supercars coming back to MotoGP I'm going to talk about as well with their um, European races having been dated and uh, a restart date firmly in place so you know we can think about that you know we can think about our usual stuff again you know talk about the usual stuff again as as we uh, <laughs> love to do on the podcast and wrapping up with IndyCar so Scott Dixon with that win he's four wins now off Mario Andretti's record of 54 which is second all time and then you've got AJ Foyt who holds the most winningest record of races in IndyCar with 67 and you know with a lot of drivers saying that um you know the break has actually helped them for, you know during the pandemic and everything not racing the break has actually helped them uh rest up and feel a lot more rejuvenated could this mean we see drivers you know the older drivers potentially go around for a bit longer you know kind of um extend their careers a little bit so and you know you can totally see with that performance that we saw from scott dixon that you know he's clearly got another championship in him or a couple of championships he's currently got five in the indy car um and then yeah even chasing aj fort's record of 67 wins all time would be um would be something and you know i you know forget as well that i said at the start of the year that i got to meet scott dixon at the bathurst 12 hour such a great guy you know very humble laid back you know he's despite all his success over there in america he just feels like a regular kiwi you know he's just happy to talk to you quietly spoken you know nothing brash about him at all so it was good to good to um meet him get a get an autograph get a photo taken and uh you know ask him how he felt about being at Bathurst and everything and um you know how it feels to be you know is it different than an IndyCar event where there's so much attention and everything um on you bigger crowd and not as laid back perhaps but I guess at the moment it kind of makes no difference given that um there's no crowds or any um fans and much media around the track so yeah that's that and um gotta wait now a month till the next race which will be on uh, memorial weekend or fourth of july sorry i don't know my american holidays excuse me um fourth of july uh the indianapolis motor speedway road course they're doing the race there they've got nascar support as well because they're doing the um the race around the brickyard or the around the oval so be good to see indycar racing on the grand prix circuit then they'll go back there again um um, as well later in the year as well as you know of course the indy 500 which will be happening in august you know and you, you wouldn't have thought that you know given that the month of may is so 
vital, I guess, not vital, but like such an important time of year in motorsport because you've got the Indy 500 and how Indy car uses the entire month. It dedicates the whole month to, to the Indy 500. You know, you got the the race at the Grand Prix circuit, um, the Indianapolis um, street course, not street course, road course. Jeez. <laughs> um, the road course as well, being able to have that preceding the race, the big race at the end of the month, and then the Monaco Grand Prix 2 and Formula 1, and of course this is the first time in, well, ever since I've started watching motorsport that we've not had a Monaco Grand Prix or an Indy 500 in the month of May, though what really hit me, I've got to say, was this week on Monday that we had no Canadian Grand Prix on the public holiday, so we had the Queen's Birthday public holiday here um, on the Monday every year, and it's the first time in over 10 years that I didn't watch a Canadian Grand Prix on the public holiday, Queen's Birthday, you know, and I think that's what hit me, because it's such a momentous day or morning or whatever, you know, you you get up early, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, get yourself in ready, have a coffee, get your computer on, you know, especially for the live blogging and everything, and then, yeah, 10 past 4, the race starts in the morning, usually what I do to follow that off is, um, you've got the E3 Expo on um, as well over there in the States, Gaming Expo, and Monday is usually when Microsoft, uh, the Monday morning or, you know, Sunday night over there is when Microsoft usually do their E3 briefings, so, you know, over the years seeing big reveals new games consoles and all that so it's kind of my routine or has been my routine on that monday to do that um and then of course the queen's birthday footy as well between melbourne and collingwood in afl been there a couple of times as well uh, a couple of fixtures fixtures been great so you know i think that was where it started to hit me that you know we, we really are missing our usual routine and everything um obviously this weekend we'd have had Le Mans on as well the 24 hours race but there's going to be a virtual 24 hour race instead which i do urge everyone to check out if you're into it i know a lot of people it's kind of over esports and e-racing but i think a 24 hour race with so many drivers over the world, sim races participating will be pretty exciting, so might tune in for a few hours um, at key moments. Um, though good, I guess, we've got the NRL, you know, the rule changes have been positive with that, you know, the one ref and everything in six again, AFL back this week, last night we had the first game, Richmond and Collingwood, bit of a doozy really, given that it was 36 all at the end of the day, like very low scoring and ended in a draw, you know, bit of a damp squib and yeah with the NRL you know just focusing on my team the Cowboys and um, super coach and all that and Cowboys really need to pick up their game I think given the fact that we've got such an easy draw until you know a couple of rounds time when we play got teams like Newcastle and, and the Sydney Roosters and all that so if we don't win against the Warriors tonight this week you know i'll be pretty disappointed or you know i say that i'll be pretty disappointed but in reality you know i'll be yelling at the tv and just all sorts of expletives so you know how's that for an image in your head but i think ultimately even though it hit me that it was no canada no this no that i think at this time the lack of all this stuff 
should be offering us time to think more about you know some of the bigger issues going on in the world the atrocities being committed towards you know the black community over there in america all over the world and stuff like that and i think now you know given that we don't have all the stuff that we usually do is an important time to focus on it and call it out because for years this has been a issue you know for for years years and years and people obviously too scared or you know feel like you know they're going to be vilified if they do call it out but to see the amount of people who have got behind this movement you know influential figures whether it's in the entertainment industry whether it's in sport it's so good to you know you feel a lot more comfortable speaking out about this sort of stuff now because you know that you've got like-minded people being able to um, voice their opinion and get it out there and it is it is atrocious you know the fact that we are in 2020 now and this is still a problem you know this is still a problem you know there's there's other things that you know as a as a as a human race and as a society we should be focusing on but the fact that you know we've got a part of the community that continues to be vilified and discriminated and excluded and um you know murdered you know that's that's the reality of it you know that's what the the george floyd death was it was a it was murder and you know you then you read about how many other people um how many other black people are killed or you know brutally beaten up in police custody over there in america and then here in australia hearing about you know the aboriginal deaths in police custody as well it just makes you know it just makes you cringe and your heart kind of cries out for for justice for this sort of thing so you know no not everyone everyone or not everyone but people will say oh you know sports and politics should have nothing to do with each other or you're a sports podcast you shouldn't talk about this sort of thing it's like but this is a platform to be able to share that sort of opinion you know sports are a platform for sending a message a message of positivity a message of change you know lewis hamilton he you know a few weeks ago or was it last week i think put a call out saying that he feels like his industry doesn't do enough to to support this movement or you know to to support diversity and all that sort of stuff and he basically said you know you guys need to to stand up you know talking to the drivers and all the influential figures there and suddenly you know we had drivers like daniel ricardo charlotte claire tony giovinazzi all come out and you know post their support and say that you know and leclerc on the lines of said something on the lines of you know he felt that it wasn't his place to to make comment on that but i guess given the fact that we have people make comment you know negative comments about you know this sort of thing or you know they want to say something negative about everything you know because they have the power to do so you know why not use the power that power use that platform to to talk or to give a positive message, you know, to support the people who are having it tough at the moment, to support the black community, because black lives matter, you know, so we can end this systemic racism that's been going on for forever. Um, you know, it was even more sad reading 
about Darren Sammy, the um, West Indian cricketer, really, really great West Indian cricketer, top bloke, calling out his former teammates in the IPL over a nickname that he thought was, you know, was nothing more than a nickname that they had for him, and they've been calling out to him for years, you know, they've made social media posts, I'm not going to um, name the players, I know, <laughs> figured out which players it were on um, his team that um, were referring to him as that name, and, you know, I kind of, because I understand the Hindi language as well, I kind of f- figured out what the nickname was without even digging around for it, and i got to say, like, that it's not even something you should call someone a nickname, you know, it's it's so derogatory, it's so, it is basically, you know, the Hindi equivalent of the N-word, which, yeah, need I say more? Um, yeah, and Darren Sammy calling him out on, on social media saying, you know, you guys need to apologise to me, to, to those former teammates apologize to me if you did mean it in a in a negative way which you know to me that particular word that he's referring to there's no other way of um unless you're describing an inanimate object there's no other way if you're describing a person to refer to them without being derogatory with that term so it's just very sad that um you know whether it's certain cultures or, you know, certain belief systems and all that sort of stuff that they they haven't really adapted to as we've grown. Um, we're in 2020. Diversity is so much more important than it has been, but there are still people out there who don't seem to get the message and are, are so caught up in, in ways where it just feels like you're dragging us back into the past where you know for some reason the past was was better when it comes to to society and and culture and diversity and everything so yeah like i know you know sometimes you know the lack of sport and everything does make you or the lack of things you like which you know for example is sport makes you think a lot more about these sort of things but it, it is important and i do encourage you guys listening and everything um, to support this movement and to to call it out. You know, if you feel like you've been racially vilified or anything, call it out. You know, whether it's in public or whatever, have no fear because more and more people now seem to be um, behind it and not afraid to to speak out about it. We see on social media that all the all the negative people will not shy away from saying something rude or saying something racist against other people so why not you know call them out for it you know it reminds me of the the whole adam goods thing in the afl where you know the the stuff that he went through was just so shocking and you know just yesterday they unveiled a a mural for him in in sydney in surrey hills so you know i'm sure next time i get to go to Sydney I will go past there take uh, and have a look because yeah you know he is such an inspirational figure here um, for the Aboriginal community and the fact that you know he was not there was it was just relentless what happened with him um, so disappointing so yeah you know take this opportunity guys to to call that sort of stuff out to you know make sure that we do our bit to end what is terrible um what is this terrible 
systemic thing, you know, called racism. Um, I don't think I have much more, much more to say on that without, you know, I, I don't want to be one of those negative people who, you know, pointing fingers and call, you know, when you just need to call it out, you know, call out the racism, try and or put an end to it and um, move forwards, move forwards, you know, as a society, you know, with diversity. So yeah, <laughs> that's basically it. Um, and actually, yeah, just before I remembered, um, the Bubba Wallace thing in NASCAR wearing the Black Lives Matter or the um, I Can't Breathe t-shirt you know pre-race as well seen by many I guess who watch NASCAR and then NASCAR's subsequent decision to um, ban the confederate flag being present at their events so I guess that's one positive step that they've made there and you know good that um, Bubba Wallace getting um, being vocal in his support too so all right, we'll leave it at that then. Um, have any questions and just want to talk, if you guys want to talk about it, you know, feel free to get in touch, of course, on the Twitter account at HitTheApexMedia. Um, be happy to, to share some thoughts and stuff. And if you just guys want to talk about this or if you feel like you're in a bit of an uncomfortable position, just, yeah, feel free to have a chat with me about it i'll be happy to 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 talk so we'll end the podcast on uh on a high note um talking about MotoGP, obviously with the announcement that we will get back to racing on july 19th in hereth uh back-to-back rounds in hereth and actually you know the whole calendar is just filled with back-to-back weekends like we have in formula one so it'll be I guess their way of trying to get as many races in as possible, um, what impact that'll have on the championship, we'll see come the first race at Hareth, after that we go to the Czech Republic in August, then back-to-back races in Austria, uh, Red Bull Ring, which, you know, with Formula One, we've got back-to-back races there as well. Um, back-to-back races at Mazzano, so there will be no Italian Grand Prix there, unfortunately, this year. At Magello and Magello potentially being talked about as a venue to host um, a second F1 race in Italy, potentially to celebrate um, Ferrari's 1000th Grand Prix in Formula One. So at least we will go to the San Marino circuit or Mazzano um, in Italy. Then we go to Catalonia in Barcelona, 27th of September, France, the race in Le Mans, and then, of course, back-to-back races in Aragon and back-to-back races in Valencia. So that's they're the races that have got dates so far, um, races that are still potentially going to be on the calendar that haven't been announced has been cancelled um, and we should get the dates confirmed before the 31st of July according to Dorna, um, Argentina, the Circuit of the Americas, Thailand and Sepang potentially as a season finale. So you'd think that with those races we would go into December, kind of mid-December just before, sorry, just before Christmas. But yeah, it's good that we've got some got some dates down. So you know, F1, Supercars, MotoGP, IndyCar, it's all happening. It's all happening, and then we've even got dates for the 24-hour Le Mans as well later in the year. So it's all happening, man. I can't wait. <laughs> but some other um, 
some other news with MotoGP2, some rider movements as well. We had the biggest news being Jack Miller is going to be promoted to the factory Ducati team next year. Danilo Petrucci, unfortunately, out, which I guess is a bit disappointing because we haven't even had a race this year, though the decision has already been made to put Petrucci out. He kind of ended last season on a bit of a um, on a bit of a whimper, his form wasn't as strong as it was in the middle part where he did win the race at Mugello, his home race and his one and only win in MotoGP. But Jack Miller, I guess, you know, five podiums last year on the Pramac Ducati. Often he was the quickest of the Ducati bunch, you know, on the same bike as the, the factory team and beating the factory team, even though he was a satellite rider. So a lot of potential around Miller. Um, you know, Ducati's last championship obviously came from Casey Stoner, so an Aussie to deliver another championship for Ducati, it is possible, but for Petrucci, there is possibility still, you know, he could stay in, in MotoGP, possibly being talked to by Aprilia, who, you know, have got the headache of Andre Noni facing an extension to the ban that he got for, for doping by the World Anti-Doping Agency, so we might not see an Iannone back, so that could be a potential lifeline for, for Petrucci to stay in MotoGP with, with Aprilia. Um, Aprilia actually announced that Alicia Spargo's got a two-year contract extension, so that's great for, for Aleish. Possibly his final contract, you would think, in MotoGP. He's been around for quite a few years now, um, and he's really doing good stuff with that Aprilia team, you know, building them, basically built them from the ground up, um, taking them into a new direction ever since they got Massimo Rivola on board, um, the ex-Ferrari man, of course, you guys, UF1 fans will know he um, was a key part of Ferrari's team um, a few years ago, and now he's uh, leading the project at Aprilia and MotoGP, so Petrucci potentially could go there, if not, Ducati could have him at World's, in the World Superbike Championship, but, you know, Petrucci's such a character, you don't want him out of MotoGP, so it would be nice to, to see him potentially end up at Aprilia. Um, as for Dovi, Andrea Davizioso, well, there's some talks that he might uh, remain now at Ducati. I don't think Ducati have any other options, or the factory team, like they were going to go after someone like a Fabio Quattararo or Maverick Vinales, but they got signed by signed up by Yamaha pretty quick you know there was a rumor floating about that Ducati could approach Jorge Lorenzo again but um you know whether Lorenzo wants to commit to a full-time season not sure so I guess the safe bet would be to keep Dovi there and I guess for Dovi it'd be like well you know what's what's the paycheck going to be like because uh yeah there was talk of potentially of their relationship breaking down at the end of last year and the possibility that Dovi would have uh, moved on at the end of this year um, from Ducati so if Dovi stays there I mean he's a solid rider it's just unfortunate that the two couple of opportunities that he got to win the championship a couple of years ago it didn't work out for him Mark Marquez came and won him so you know, Jack Miller, basically the guy touted as Ducati's um, uh, chance for beating Marquez. 
Speaking of Marquez, well, Alex Marquez, he hasn't even raced yet for the Repsol Honda team yet. There's rumour floating around that Paula Spargo, Alicia's brother, could be set to replace him next year. And Paul currently racing with the KTM team in a similar position, I guess, as his brother, as, you know, he's basically trying to lead KTM to the front of the field, you know, a lot of development and everything. And, you know, Paul did get a podium with them a couple of years ago now at a wet race in Valencia. Um... But I guess for Alex Marquez, it would be a great shame because he hasn't even had a chance to prove himself yet um, on the Honda yet. You've got Pole coming in to, to replace him for the next year. Or is this, you know, possibly um, as a replacement for Mark Marquez? Because Mark Marquez has always been talked about, you know, potentially going off to KTM. But I thought Marquez or, you know, Mark Marquez signed a contract extension with Repsol Honda for a few years. So it's an interesting one. We're going to have to follow it. Um, and I'm sure when we do get back to racing and we're in Hareth, there'll be a lot of questions asked about that sort of thing too, unless there's some kind of announcement beforehand. And then, of course, Valentino Rossi saying that there's positive talks between him and Petronas SRT, so the team that Fabio Quattararo currently races with, the satellite Yamaha team, so Rossi could um, see out his career riding a satellite Yamaha while you've got um, Vinales and Quattararo on the factory bikes, so so much excitement, so much racing to look forward to, and yeah, it all starts off I guess with the supercars at the end of this month, IndyCar was a good taste of it. How is everyone else going to adapt to the biosecurity measures to make sure that, you know, we don't have any positive COVID tests during the weekend or amongst the amongst the playing group? So far, NRL has been fine, apart from a few individual breaches. AFL as well, we'll see how they go this week. So, or this weekend, I should say. But yeah, I think things are starting to restart and slowly we are discovering the new normal and with sport of course so yeah i think that pretty much wraps it up for this week um a lot obviously to have talked about and to to open up about as well as i said if you want to get in touch with the podcast do so via twitter at hit the apex media be happy to answer any questions or just have a chat if you want about you know things that i've talked about um pressing matters of course and you know just hopefully everyone stays safe and does their best to to end you know what is going on at the moment with systemic racism um quickly as well if you want to get on the sportholic podcast as well to hear what i had to say to to josh um you can just give them a search they're on all um good podcast platforms um give them a follow on twitter as well at joshua underscore t underscore kerr as well so um he pretty much covers everything bit of cricket bit of rugby soccer as well if you're into that sort of stuff i know i'm not (laughs) nothing against you josh but i'm just not a big soccer fan as you would have uh, heard on the podcast before and yeah of course all the all the motorsport stuff too um on four wheels so thank you again for tuning in this week um take care and we will return next week ciao